When you look at the photos of the band The Cruel Sea, many of them are your typical band kind of photos. The members are lined up in various order. Tex Perkins generally in the middle or slightly to the foreground. It's a pretty classic look for a rock band. But what these pictures don't tell you is how much of a laugh The Cruel Sea loves to have. Take, for instance, their music video, uh, You'll Do, in which Tex dresses up in drag or in the video It Won't Last when they satirise the popular boy bands of the time. And while band members have come and gone, the Cruel Sea have been having a laugh and playing tunes for more than three decades now. They're heading off on their 30th anniversary tour for their award-winning album, The Honeymoon Is Over. And Tex Perkins, welcome to you, sir. G'day, Andy. How are you? I'm still blown away that you sound exactly like me. I, I'm gonna, I feel like there's a reverb or an echo in my head. I feel like there's a reverb and echo in my head. This could go on for 30 minutes. This could go on for 30 minutes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Tell me about those those clips, those wonderful piss, yes. piss takes that you, you did. How did they come about? Because that that one where you're being the boy band, you know, you're walking slowly towards the camera. Mm. It looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, as we went on through the 90s, well, we, we started making video clips around 1990 or 89. By the time we get into the mid to late 90s, making film clips is like... Oh, God, we've got to make a film clip. And uh, we, we'd learned our lesson with this is not the way home. And uh, so what do we do with... Uh, it's it's a song about driving to Adelaide from Sydney and going through Broken Hill and getting, breaking down all the things that actually happened. So, oh, let's drive out to Broken Hill and do that. And so it was kind of... Uh, it, you know, we did that for real. And then we thought, hey, we could do this. We should... We should actually have fun when we make a video. So, like, so you're making it for yourself yeah, so primarily. Like, that, that, that's the best kind of reason to do anything, well, I think. yeah, as we went along, I guess we sort of – there was a few things. We relaxed more. We were less serious about the whole thing. We were, you know, there wasn't as much pressure on us as it was in the early 90s when the big success – we were still doing the biz, but, uh, yeah, we weren't top of the heap. And so we were kind of relaxed and, and taking the piss out of ourselves. But, but also, yes, it was lifestyle choices – like if you're going to spend the day making a video clip, oh, let's get on a yacht or <laughs> or, 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 or swan around you. Or dress as your own wife and in drag. <laughs> Who's, is this her idea or yours? That was actually Andrew Dominic's idea. The, the uh, filmmaker Andrew Dominic who went on to make Chopper and he made us do a lot of embarrassing things. You, that, that particular film clip is a real... <laughs> we can laugh about it now. We, and we did laugh about it then, but quick, quickly, pretty quickly afterwards, we did, we regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I play I play a couple. I play both the male character who is uh, all, always in pajamas during the whole clip, and and his rather scrawny-legged wife. <laughs> Tapping into your feminine side, Tex Perkins. Um, yeah, I I I tried to go drag. There was I tried to act. They tried. To make me look like a woman, but it was kind of impossible. So we had we had to we opted for the full drag look. There was only way you can only go like over the top. Exactly. You can't just do it subtly. You couldn't. Yeah, yeah. there's no way to make me woman look like a woman <laughs> if you're going to be subtle. Because you're like, a very tall, very hirsute uh, with individual. a huge nose. <laughs> <laughs> there is this thing in your music about levity, and you know you've got a lot of one-liners as well in in your music. I just feel like you you, you have a good time making your clips, but writing your songs as well. Exactly. Well, well, the honeymoon is over. Is written. I had the line. 
changed this tattoo to another girl's okay. name because I actually knew two guys that were doing that. And it was hilarious, you know, like they would they would get a girlfriend and, oh, this Sharon, and then six months later Sharon's, you know, <laughs> dumped him and like, it's oh, shit, and then and then it's, oh, it's Debbie and, you know, and, <laughs> or or trying to change girls' names into other things. <laughs> I thought it was funny in real life, so I thought it would be funny in a song. But, yeah, that, that song grew from that line about the, the changing the... The tattoo's name. That's, that's all you need, the, 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 the sort of seed of the idea. Your memoir you published in 2007, which originally was supposed to be a biography until you got your hands on the first draft and you realised it needed to be an autobiography, according to my research. You made sure there was light and shade in that book as well, though, didn't you? Well, yes, I, I was under the impression that it was, yes, it was going to be written about me. Um, but then I got the first draft and the... <clears throat> The author, well, had ghost written as if he was me, instead of so there using was, the f- first person. Yes, like exactly. I, I remember I've, when I, I, yeah. I. Well, also he just any any time he had to assume something, like my motivation or my inner thoughts or why you know or anything like that, he just got it so wrong and and <clears throat> it was a ridiculous amount of swear words in it. You don't like, swear, text Well, I do a little bit, but it was on every line. <laughs> it was like. Are you sure I talk like that? And, but, yeah, the, I got this short, brief first draft and it was like, uh, I think I better take it from here. If it's going to be I am and I did this and I think this. and So, yes, um, I got stuck into it and I absolutely loved it, really enjoyed the process of, of uh, writing. But also, because it was a memoir, <clears throat> I really noticed this thing where start writing about something and then it strangely opens doors in your memory as right. as you're constructing sort of you got on the page or going through the process so of unlocking a little secret of and you memories remember, forgotten you yeah know. it's like like it's all there but you just haven't opened that door you know for 40 years and you, get, you go oh that's right that's all in one particular thing was i started working with uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the editors, and uh, she said, "Oh, just write in essays. You know, just have an idea or a time, you know, and you know, just write in a short essay because you know they wanted three hundred pages. So like there was, she said, don't be daunted by that number. You know, just sort of write as you know. You know. But yeah, she said, oh, why don't you write about the first album you ever bought? And I thought, oh, that's boring. I don't want to review albums. And then I thought, wait a minute, I remember buying my first album, and the story is not." About the other is how I got the money to buy, and the first from, from whom perhaps it was my bro- older brother. My parents were away, and I was living with my two older brothers. And on Saturday morning, my brother came in and handed me twenty dollars and said, "Get the f out of the house today, and don't come back till five o'clock." And thus, your love of music <laughs> was born. <you> know? <laughs> and uh, and what album? Was, what album? It was Alice Cooper's "Welcome to My Nightmare." Beautiful. Mm. I still remember the cover art of that too. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Alice Cooper. That makes a bit of sense. I can see that now. Mm, Mainly mainly the drag (laughs) piece as well. If you just join me on RN Drive, Tex Perkins and the Cruel Sea are here. The band are warming up in Studio 240. You're about to hear uh, a little bit about their upcoming tour. I mean, just going back to The Honeymoon Is Over, you you made that with the late producer Tony Cohen. Mm. What are your memories of working on the album with Tony, much-loved figure in Australian music? Well, Tony was insane in a good and bad way. Um, He was... He was a whirlwind of um, positivity and activity or then 
he just wasn't there. <laughs> he was he was a little he he was great, but uh, yeah, there was there was he was quite obsessive. You could but say. also he he, when he, was he would just go missing. Yeah, he would, <laughs> where's Tony? Not, not obsessive about punctuality, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, um, we'd worked with him on a few things beforehand. But uh, the honeymoon is over. We had a bit of success with the album beforehand. This is not the way home. So the record companies, you know, decided to you know have a bit more money and spend a bit more time making the next record and. And I think we had the songs to do it with. And, um, yeah, Tony, I'd never spent that much time. I mean, there's a recording of it, which was fairly usual, but then there was the mixing of it, and which we would, you know, he would spend like two days on one mix. And that kind of where I came from, <clears throat> you know, the first time I ever worked with him, we did an entire album in a six-hour session. Wow. It the Beast of Bourbon, Axman's yeah. Jazz. Yeah. So now we're spending two days on one song, you know, mixing. So like, it's, uh, I'm going insane just thinking, <laughs> what the f- are we still here? <laughs> so I wasn't used to that, but it was, it was obviously worth the, you know, the effort because it is a, you know, it is a, is a real work. You know, it's, it's one of his best works. You know, as far as mixes go, and, you know, it's difficult to sort of understand during the mid '90s. I mean, you were touring and playing with Iggy Pop in '93, then the Rolling Stones in '95. Um, your manager flew you to New York to see Saturday Night Live where Nirvana was playing. That must have been a pretty amazing experience. Yeah, it kind of freaked me out. Why? <laughs> it made me realise uh, that I wasn't one of those people. Yeah, it was, it was in New York and got invited over to Kim and Thurston from Sonic Youth's apartment, my, my girlfriend Christina and I. And, uh, and then they said, oh, we're going to Saturday Night Live and Nirvana are playing. Do you want to come with us? And we went, oh, okay. But uh, and this is those touring Nevermind, I think, at that this, time. Yeah, this, no, they were they were just just released uh, in utero. Ah, uh-huh. and um, yeah, there's we go along, and the you know the green room is filled with you know, red hot chili peppers, and you know, or the the glitterati of the you know the the cool rock scene, you know. And it was just like, what the fuck am I doing? And, here? and Tex Perkins, <laughs> mind you, I don't know. It was Australia's own Tex Perkins. <laughs> so, did it make you feel inadequate or something? What do you mean? Yeah, something like that. It was just oh. like I get nervous around extremely famous. But also, not only those guys, there was people like Chris Rock, Mike Myers, all those sort of Saturday Night Live people. And it was just like, I actually can't handle this. I'm not that cool. And um, better yeah. to know that about yourself than force it. And then become well, that sort of shooting star in, you know, popular culture, certainly in the rock scene where, you know, you become I'm, crippled by all of those feelings. Yeah, I think in those situations I would tend to be, okay, just settle down and, and just say something real casual. And then, <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's invariably it'll be the faux pas of the week, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, I think I, you know, we, we skulked away uh, the first opportunity. We were there for the... For the, for the show, but um, the after party we, we, we skipped away from. The band are in Studio 240. You're going to play a couple of songs for us. What are you going to play today? Tell me about it. Well, Andy, we're going to play a track from The Honeymoon Is Over. It's called Woman With Soul. And we're going to play one of the first songs. Actually, I think it is the first song that I put lyrics to with a, with a, a Dan Rumor tune. Danny's uh, basically the... <clears throat> the core creative you know, force from the Cruel Sea, you know, from right from the beginning. And when I first saw them, they were an instrumental band, <clears throat> and um, I loved them. 
there was this there was this tune called King Tide, which was one of their you know great originals in their set, and um, it became Down Below, which, which was the, the name of our first album. I didn't want to sort of come in and put my agenda on this song. I wanted to just be another instrument, and uh, that's it's why a tricky I'd, balance to strike, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. The tune is down, down, down. So I just heard down below. So the phrasing was what led me to those words. And I wanted to keep them very broad. I didn't want to, uh, yeah, as I say, this is now about me. Or So I wanted the, the lyrics to be instrumental as possible. And so painting with a very broad brush, so to speak. And, uh, and yeah, and the, the words are sort of you know, based on that tune and... Uh, rather uh, yeah, esoteric or no, a little ethereal almost. You know, you can't really, what is this about? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, if you don't know, then <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I uh, can't wait to hear it. Woman with Soul, Tex Perkins and the Cruel Sea have been my guest. The Cruel Sea's 30th anniversary tour kicks off this year. Uh, November 30th is the first date in Brisbane. I'll post a link to where you can find tickets. Tex, congratulations on your career and congratulations to the band as well and thank you so much for coming by. Uh, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you in exactly the same voice as you have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to never live this down. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.